here's the content warnings for today's episode. Includes dysphoria, being misgendered, gender-based violence, and mental health. Jennifer would like to acknowledge the indigenous peoples and unceded lands that the producers, hosts, and guests live and have dwelt upon. Today, we honor the Coast Salish, Duwamish. We honor the elders, the human, plant, and animal ancestors of these lands and celebrate the living descendants of these peoples. May all beings tend these lands for the goodness of the next seven generations and beyond. Meowdy folks, welcome to Genderful, a talk show interviewing gender diverse folks about their special interests. The name of our show celebrates that gender expansiveness is wonderful. Hi, I'm Gender Master, and my pronouns are they, them. Hi, I'm Atlas of Phoenix, and my pronouns are also they, them. The focus of our show is to interview trans, non-binary, agender, and gender diverse people regarding their special interests, passion projects, and resources for the gender diverse community. We want our audience to know that this show is hosted by two folks who also identify as non-binary, transmasculine, neurodivergent, and disabled with the passion for telling trans stories. We invite you to remember that we are whole people with robust lives, friendships, challenges, and successes. We love and are loved, and we are delighted to share these stories with you. As always, we kindly remind our listeners that no person is a monolith of their identities. Your identities can change over time and are valid every step of the way. And if you think you're gender diverse, you are gender diverse. There are no social or medical prerequisites to be included in the community. Welcome to Genderful episode 80. Can you believe we made it this far, chat? Oh my gosh. Um, this week, our guest is Angel Patterson, who uses they, them pronouns, and we're chatting about um, their nonprofit work with the Lavender Rights Project. I first learned of Angel because of this really cool um, trans BIPOC comedy event during Pride last year, 2022. And it's so cool to finally like meet you and chat with you, Angel. Uh, welcome to Genderful. Yay. Um, so I also want to acknowledge while we're live recording this on February 20th, 2023, um, it's three whole special days all at the same time. Um, so it's Transmasculine Pride and Visibility Day. This day is a day that was established to commemorate the ENAHC Encontro Nacion de Homens Trans, or the National Meeting of Trans Men, organized by IBRAT, which is the Instituto Brasileiro de Transmasculidades, or the Brazilian Institute of Transmasculinities, uh, which first took place on February 20th, 2015. So we just wanted to throw in that little bit of little factoid for you all. Um, thank you, Juice Text, for collecting that info and sharing it with us in the Discord server today so I could share it on stream. Really, Juice just makes me look good constantly, y'all. It's where I'm so great. I'm so glad Juice is around. <laughs> Helps with all this stuff. Um, so it's also a romantic spectrum week. Um, there's even a website about it. If folks want to check that out, arospecweek.org, arospecweek.org. And uh, Angel, you were telling me it's World Social Justice Day today. Yeah, I just, I, I mean, I found it through a Google search, but like I found the other two days, I also looked up what today was. Um, yeah. And yeah, World Social Justice Day. So I was like, that's, that's very fitting that we're doing this today and that I'm yeah. here. Yeah, 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 I agree. So I love this. Yay. You're being double celebrated. Transmask and Arrow. Yay. Good job. It's a big day. I love day. that so much. It is a big day. Um, 
So before I even get into our super cool questions, do you want to tell people about the the comedy event that I just mentioned? Because I just I want them to hear about it. It's so cool that you did that. I would I would love to because that honestly it's my baby and yeah. I get to I get to birth it again this year. It's super oh my gosh. Awesome. Um. So this is yeah. This is this is like exclusive information. Um. But really? last. Last year, I got to produce this really um, awesome Black trans comedy showcase um, yeah. that was Lavender Rights Project's big pride fundraiser. And really, what we did was we had Molten Decadence as our incredible, fabulous drag queen host. Um, and we had three Black trans comedians that were all local. Um, so we had Mix Dahlia Bell, we had Chocolate the Entertainer, and Mitch Mitchell. Um, and we were at Northwest Film Forum, um, and it was right before all the events and stuff at Seattle Pride. So it was like a really full week, but it was just such a great night. So much community came out, um, and we just, we had a great time. Like the comedy was amazing. It was top notch. And the reason that we even did the show was directly in response to uh, just very terrible things happening in the media with certain comedians that I don't mm -hmm. feel are mentioning um just saying all kinds of out-of-pocket things um and so instead of just you know traditional methods of you know protesting and things like that which are which are great don't get me wrong love that take to the streets but i wanted to focus what lrp was doing um and center it around joy you know wow. because we're, trans folks were funnier we're you know yeah. like <laughs> we totally anything comedians <laughs> have said was it was it was a waste and so i said we're gonna we're gonna take up space and we are gonna do our own comedy show and better and that's what we did and that's what we are going to continue to do is focus on black trans joy and laughter and yeah we're we're coming back this year again so be on the lookout for that um it was great we did it in person and there's a virtual live stream so Anybody anywhere can watch this and join in on the fun and watch us clap back at all the things that are constantly just happening to us every day. And we just make a joke out of it because let's just be happy. So that is it. That is my baby. I love yeah. that. And I, I get to share that with everybody. So, oh man, trans, trans joy is like one of my favorite forms of resistance to be honest. <laughs> Honestly. And that's, and that's, that's, that's my so good. That's my favorite too. It's just it's just us being happy and living life. And if folks want to be mad about it, they stay mad. So yeah, <laughs> I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. I'm, about it. I'm sorry. I'm just gonna be happy. I'm smiling. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for the for the space to share that. You're welcome. Of course, my honor. Um. So, all right. Um. That's so wonderful. I, I'm going to ask you now the questions that I usually ask all my guests towards the beginning. Um, what are some things you can trace back to your youth that indicated you might be gender diverse one day? We like to have sort of, I like to sort of have my guests map a pathway of how you got from the beginning of your life to now. So when trans people watch this later, they hear our paths of realization and success. It's it like gives a roadmap to people coming later, which is why I always ask people. Um, yeah. Anyways, go ahead. I actually, I actually really love this question because there's, there's always one thing that I think back to, and it's like I, I have this picture of me that my family has, and it was this shirt that I wore that had elbow pads in it. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, it's just like that, like specific core memory is just like, yeah, 
something something about that picture and this shirt with these elbow pads that was just like it wasn't like it wasn't anything like super feminine and I just it made me feel so comfortable and I was like I felt really masculine I was like yeah this is it so I would say that was like the the thing in my youth and then uh when I when I knew that I was like really gender diverse like after we'll we'll get into this I think in one of the the later questions that I I proposed but uh, it was actually um, Trans Day of Visibility, and I, I mm-hmm. truly love Trans Day of Visibility. And I had just come back from spring break in New York, and it was seeing everyone on like social media posting for Trans Day of Visibility, and I felt left out. And I was like, this feeling of like being left out because like I'm like coming to terms with myself, I was like, oh, and it finally clicked for me. And I was, I thought back to that picture of me with this shirt that had like built-in elbow pads. And I'm like, that younger me is saying, I want to be a part of this. So I think, Mm. I think, yeah, that's like when I, when I trace it back, it's, yeah, it's that shirt. That's so, that's so great. I love those like moments of, of like trans joy and like euphoria and oh it's so fun and it all just and it all just clicked and it was just like it was a it was was an emotional journey but yeah I think yeah going back that um so so obviously something has happened from then to now because you've gone from wearing elbow patch outfit to having a very handsome beard today um so can you tell us more about how your relationship to gender has evolved over time. Like, how did you get from that awakening to being the person you are today? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, I, I feel like my relationship with gender has, is ever evolving, to be, to be quite honest. Um, I, I feel like I went through many stages of my relationship with gender, also due to a lot of societal pressures. Um, and so I, when I think back to that photo with the the elbow pads, um, I feel like I, I had a, I had a tomboy phase, but I was, I was still woman identifying. Um, and throughout school, like grade school and things like that, I was, I was definitely playing into societal norms, um, and, and things like that and presenting as, as, as a cisgender female, um, and then it wasn't until I really left home and was able to fully express myself um, freely mm-hmm. uh, that I, I really started to figure out who I was. And I feel like one of the things that was um, that was truly defining for me was also, it was also cutting my hair. Mm. Uh, that was oh, that was such that was such a, an awakening moment for me. Was once once the hair was cut, then I felt like I. I could truly see myself. So I I do consider myself transmasculine non-binary. That is how I identify. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are certain elements in me um, that still hold on to my feminine energies um, as well as my masculine energy. So I like to I like to consider gender a very fluid concept for me. Mm-hmm. And my relationship is with it and its evolution over time is just however I feel comfortable um, in that day. And yeah. 
presenting as myself. And I, I think I'm the most comfortable with myself that I've ever been. Um, and that's, that's solely because I, I feel like I'm in a safe enough space that I can express myself. However, I feel comfortable and not feel judged for it. And I feel like that is a, that is an incredible privilege to recognize. Um, and I think in the work that I do, I, I want that for, for everyone, but I feel right. like I got, but I feel like, I, I feel like I also touched a lot of really good points, but I feel like I got to it. No, your, your answer was wonderful. I love hearing it. Um, my sweet never kitty has wandered onto the keyboard. Hi. <laughs> so you might see me holding her instead of changing the scenes around, which is fine. Um, so let me switch topics and talk more about Lavender Rights Projects specifically. How did you get into nonprofit work? Yeah, um, I, I started off, uh, it was when I was at San Jose State. Um, I had the pleasure of working with another really great nonprofit called uh, Project More Foundation. Um, and they were, they were really instrumental in me getting into sort of the work that I do now. Um, so now I'm in fundraising. Um, but before, when I started off with those folks, I was uh, doing events with them um, in the Bay Area. And they were really, they were really great, very uplifting for me and my work. Um, then I, I went on to do some other events work um, with some other nonprofits um, in California. Um, and in between jobs, I was, I was doing just random gigs. I was working um, like in vaccines in LA. Um, I was doing um, like other just event work. Um, and it was all very corporate. Yeah. And I realized that, uh, you know, there, there's some stability there. It's cool, you know, to each their own. Um, however, after having been with Project More Foundation and which was a, which was a LGBTQ nonprofit, um, after having been in that line of work, being disconnected from it, um, and sort of being like the only, like, pretty much the token of any workplace being black and gender diverse. Mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to get back to work that was very LGBTQ focused mm -hmm. uh, and, and working with folks that are like me that share similar values yeah. um, rather than just having to be like in a corporate setting and joining like an affinity group um, mm -hmm. or, you know, trying to find other folks that were like me. So I was like, I'm going to seek out a comfortable work environment for myself um, and then finding Lavender Rides Project. So, yeah, um, I, I really enjoy nonprofit work um, because I, I, I find myself the most fulfilled there um, because mm -hmm. the corporate side is very profit focused. And, and that's great, again, to each their own. But however, with non the nonprofit work that I'm doing, I'm I'm directly uplifting the folks that are like me and my community. So I, I feel like I hit a really great cross intersection. Um, yeah. So that's, that's where I will be staying. I love that. Um, I, now I'm, I have a curious just about your personal trajectory. Um, you've mentioned living in different places. And I wonder if you moved because you got the job with Lavender Rights Project, or if you moved and then found that after the fact. And I don't know if that, if you want to talk about that on stream, it's okay if you don't, but I'm just yeah. curious about it. Yeah, so absolutely. So I, and, and I, I will give my embarrassing admission that I love to give um, for this question, but 
I actually, uh, I knew that I wanted to move to Seattle for a very long time. Um, mm -hmm. So in my job search, I found Lavender Rides Project and luckily I got the job and was able to move up here with the job. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I knew that Seattle was the destination because like I mentioned, I love the rain. Um, but also, um, I, I, my embarrassing admission is I love Twilight. And I, you know, team, team Edward. Um, and, <laughs> Hashtag. You know, yeah, growing up, I, my sister put me onto the Twilight books and, you know, being in Southern California, no rain ever. So I was just whisked away into this fantasy land of evergreen trees and rain and, you know, just Washington state as a whole. And I, I visited Seattle twice before I moved up here and I was like, yeah, that's, that's really the goal and yeah. i want to i came to be the main character i came to be bella and i'm living out my twilight dreams and <laughs> and i get to and i get to work in a really great job that i love so it's uh it's it's truly a, a, a privilege and i i love it that's wonderful i i'm glad that you can find like gratitude for where you are like i feel like especially with all of the stuff happening politically and trans rights being challenged like on a global and national scale especially here in the u.s like um there's so many people who are thinking about how can i flee how can i leave and go somewhere else um and there have definitely been times in my life where i've had those thoughts myself too um and so i love hearing from you that like instead of being caught up in that or maybe in addition i don't know it doesn't have to be in and only one of those but but finding that like gratitude for place and location and environment and like i don't know there's some there's some mindfulness in that that i really admire and appreciate it you know and it, it's it's a very much so a conscious effort because there there are some differences that you know there that are very specific here to washington there are some things that i didn't experience in california mm. um I have, I have said experienced here in Washington that we will, we won't have to get into. Um, but I think, uh, it's, it's my personal journey and, uh, you know, regardless of those things, there are very many exterior factors that could impede on my joy and not mm. to say that I'm, I'm ignorant to the things that are, are happening in our world that are directly affecting us and trans folks. Um, but I, I think, yeah, there's a, there's a, there's daily gratitude that I like to have just for the the space that I'm in. Like right now, I just, I, I look out and I just, I see Seattle and it's just like, I, I, it's an accomplishment for me personally, um, just to see myself in this place that like younger angel was like, you know, I had on like the, the iPod nano, I would just have like a bunch of saved photos of like the city skyline. And I would just dream and be like one day, like one day I'm going to be there. And it's just like, I, I get to sit here and it's just like, it's not one day anymore, like it's today. And I, I think that applies to a lot of aspects in a lot of our lives um, is just like, you know, imagining this one day. And then when that day happens, it's like, wow, it's not one day anymore. Like it happened. And there's, there's gratification in that. Yeah. Celebrating the dreams that you have already manifested. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I love that. Oh, this is so fun. Um, okay. Can you tell us a little bit, what are the goals of the Lavender Rights Project? Yes, uh, our goals are Black trans liberation, like plain and simple. Um, our three pillars of work are economic justice, housing justice, and gender-based violence prevention. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so to get into that, really, with our with our economic justice, we envision a world um, where Black trans folks uh, really have the the autonomy um, and the financial stability um, to make their own decisions, to be you know fiscally stable, things like that. Um, with our housing justice, you know, we uh, envision a world where Black trans folks have access to safe and secure housing. Um, and with gender-based violence prevention, it's, you know, it's really as simple as uh, we hear in the news, a lot of our Black trans uh, sisters are, you know, violence, are being affected by violence every day. And it's very, it's very hard to hear about. So we want to sort of, what's the wording that I'm looking for? We want, um, we're trying to avoid trigger warnings and, and saying things. Um, you can, you can just say a content warning and then say it. It's um, okay. We're, we're allowed to speak plainly about like speaking truth to power and resisting um, oppression. It's okay. Right. Um, so we're trying to, we're trying to interrupt um, the institutions um, that inflict violence on our, yeah. uh, on black trans women and femmes. So I think, yeah, that's the, that's the wording that I was. ACAB. For. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Defund the police. Absolutely, yeah. Defund, <laughs> I'll uh, say it so you don't have to. Defund the police. <laughs> yeah. Abolish the police. Absolutely. All the way gone. No yeah. more of that. <laughs> yeah. So I get, um, I get so mad when I see the pride police cars. It's like, what are you doing? Why? Why are you here? I know that. I know that there. Yeah, with uh, Tacoma Pride last year, there were some big issues with the police being present, but. Uh, and then just the the way that there's a precinct uh, and for folks in Seattle, there's a there's a precinct right in Capitol Hill, which is like the like the gay district. Yeah, it's just like and it's like a block away from the Black Lives Matter painting on the road. Yeah, it's like it's what, like a permanent institution now. It's yeah, no cops at Fred. That's right. Um, yeah. You know, this is absolutely an aside and it's my show, so I get to do what I want. <laughs> but um, my. So my wife sometimes helps with some of the the trans pride security and um and trans pride at least which is sometimes it's an event that happens around the same time as all the other pride events but sometimes it's its own deal a different month um but at least the trans pride that I've been to um it's very intentionally like they roll their own security because they don't want the cops there. And so they've had to have interactions with the city and talk about like, no, like we're going to do our own thing. And so, you know, I actually like at a different point during the, the tenure of this talk show, I've been able to interview the person who runs security for transport. And I don't think that was our topic at all. I don't even know if it came up on stream, but we've talked about it after the fact. And so like, it's just cool to know that, yeah, we've absolutely got like, like um, folks who are experienced with um, either martial arts or similar, who are trans themselves, who are protecting our own communities. Absolutely. Because we get it in a way that the cops aren't going to. And like, you know, we're, ha- we're handling it within ourselves. We're not, we're not leaving it to people with guns and uh, institutional racism as their weapons in their belt to come after us. So. Yeah, we we actually we've um, that was one of the things we were super proud about for uh, the comedy showcase last year. Um, we actually did, we for security purposes, we used uh, members of the Black Elephant Party um, that are very trans competent, um, very great folks. Um, 
and they came and they provided security for us and we we've, we've continued to use them for our mm-hmm. events um yeah. instead of working instead of working with the police so we yeah the black elephant party been riding for us it's been great but yeah taking care we can provide our own security please no cops at pride no cops um so we did have a question in the chat about does uh angel have any socials that folks can support in addition to the lavender rights project um so i just posted angel's instagram in the chat it's master angel b and then the number seven on instagram if you'd like to go drop a follow you can um before we before we get rolling on whatever our next question is do you want to mention the event that's happening in like three days so that folks that are here can make a mental note I sure do. And I would love if folks came out and joined. Uh, One of the things uh, that I'm putting on this week is a virtual trivia night. Um, It's going to be super fun. It's sort of our uh, our Black History Month uh, event that we're doing. So it's going to be all kinds of questions about Black history, her history, their history, queer history. Um, It's going to have some pop culture stuff, some uh, historically relevant stuff. Uh, and it's it's super interactive. I'm really excited for the platform that I'm going to be using because folks can, um, it'll be through Zoom. You'll be able to join. Um, and then there's like a QR code that you can scan and then you can answer the trivia questions directly on your phone. Um, and it's going to be super interactive. It'll be myself um, and my right brain cell, my development director, Randy Ford. It's going to be a super fun night. So from 6 to 7.30 uh, Pacific time, um and i believe we shared a link to rsvp for it um and that's just it's going to be a super fun night and super easy uh folks can come hang out um and if folks are watching this after it gets posted on youtube um this is something that we try to do regularly um so there will be more opportunities for things like this um and trivia nights and just virtual meet and greets with myself and other lrp staff so there's a there's a lot coming up for us this year. It's a very busy year for us, and I'm very I'm very excited. There will be lots of opportunities um, to hang out with me and other LRP staff. So very available to you all. Awesome, Angel. I just want to say thank you for making your events either hybrid or online, so that like disabled people, people who are not living in Seattle, like people who are still practicing more uh, more rigorous COVID safety like all have access to these really cool events that you're putting on i'm like so delighted um that you're doing all of this it's such hard work yeah it it is it's an extra step to take but it's it's worth it because i i know that a lot of folks really like the the COVID is still a thing and i want to make sure that you know folks just and folks that just can't leave their house just in general like i want folks to have access to us and all the things that we do um, and I don't want anybody to feel excluded if something's in person or whatever. Like I, I want us to have all have equal access to the things that LRP is doing and be in the know. And again, like I said, have access to LRP folks. So, yeah, um, we're getting in all caps from Butch Twink. Yes, thank you for the accessibility. Right, right on, right on. <laughs> so there, we've got we've got some some non-binary BIPOC folks in the chat excited that this is on the internet. Yes. Yes. We uh, honestly, LRP is very, 
it, one of the more forward workplaces that I've ever been in, like we are very disability justice conscious. Like we are, we are all about folks access needs and making sure that we are mindful and folks are, everybody's comfortable. That's, that's what so, we care about. It's so wonderful and really cool. I love that so much, Angel. Um, okay. Let me find my next question for you. What is the most empowering thing about working at Lavender Race Project? I love this one. Um, for me, honestly, it's if anybody has taken a look at our website and seen our staff, uh, it's the fact that I am I, I I've never even worked in a workplace where there were more than maybe three other black folks um, on staff. And so now, even though we're a smaller org, um, the entire org, um, aside from two to three people is black trans folks. Mm -hmm. Um, and our leadership is black trans women. Um, and that is, it's incredibly inspiring. Um, and just they're wonderful leaders. Um, our executive director, Jalen Scott, she inspires me so much. Um, she's so, she's so thoughtful. She's so funny. Um, and she just, she, she really knows how to lead. Um, I really feel, um, empowered in my work and the decisions that I make on behalf of the org. Um, there's such an investment in my, my personal development and my professional development. Um, and I've, I've never had that anywhere else. Um, and so I, I really, I really feel lucky, um, to be working at Lavender Rise Project. Um, and just, and have people that are like me. And it's, it's, I, I feel like I, I don't have to hold back any part of myself. Um, and I don't feel like I'm, um, you know, that, that I'm acting. I feel like I'm, I'm 100% myself with these folks and 100% accepted. And it's, it's, it's really lucky. So I, I feel really empowered to do my work. Um, I came to the organization um, with a bunch of experience in event planning. Um, mm -hmm. and they, they saw something in me, um, and they said, you could be great at fundraising. Mm -hmm. And I, I've not done that before, but I could try and I'm, they're investing in me and I'm, I'm learning to do this job and I'm, I'm not to toot my own horn. I feel like I'm good at it. Um, I feel like there's a lot of, um, you know, skills that can be merged and married together. Um, and I, I feel really good about the work that I'm doing. So I, I, I feel really uplifted in my position. Yeah. Um, I pulled up in the, the about, and I actually recognize Nikita Oliver, and I have no idea why. I don't know if they, like, ran for, like, a political office at one point, and that's why I, like, saw news about it, or if we've, like, run into each other elsewhere. But that's what a cool, what a cool staff. Like, you know, as far as I can tell, there's maybe two white people and they're both in support roles. They're not in leadership roles, which is how an organization like this should be. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. our, 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 um, our, our non-black folks on staff are, are they're incredible. They're incredible. And um, it, another empowering thing is that it truly is like a, like a big family. Like we really, we get together and we um, like over the, over the holidays, it was my first, um, it was my first holiday, like out of state, um, like back in, in December. And so like, I was feeling, a, I was feeling a little homesick and, um, we like, we all got together, um, at the office and we had, um, we had like a little potluck 
and we like put on some holiday movies. We did like a like a white elephant type of gift thing. And it was and it was so um it was so interesting how it worked out because we all ended up getting gifts that were really like really suited for each of us. Mm. After, after even doing like the, oh, I'm gonna take that gift and like all that. It just it was so interesting how it worked out. But we all we have such a good time together. Um and it's yeah, it really we really care about each other and it really is really special. Yeah. Well this next question is rather related to what we're discussing. How does it feel to work in a completely trans and non-binary and gender diverse workspace? Yeah, I feel like we were kind of we were kind of already in this one, but it just it feels really really good. Yeah. Um it's just yeah, there's 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 so many like things that like that we can talk about that yes, like exactly. Like, like that, I think that's like the like the like one of the better things is like you know when like when I was in like those corporate workplaces or like it was like I was the I was the token person like there were there were things that like I couldn't just say freely yeah. and now like in this space it's just like it's we're we're all coming from similar experiences like it's just you know this is the norm for us so it's not it's not taboo in the workplace and it's it's there's we're having deeper conversations we're talking political context we're talking social context you know there's there's things that we can just that we can talk about um that we all just that we all just get and it's and it's okay and it it feels it feels really good i really yeah. i really yeah um you know i also work in a very queer and trans workspace. <laughs> I think I think we have one token cis person who is still pansexual and queer and disabled. So it's like you fit in, you fit in, you know, you know, and like dating multiple trans people. So it's like mm, we all decided that you're one of ours, even if you're cis. It's okay. <laughs> Get it by proxy. Get it by proxy. Um, it's magical, and we have we can make like jokes that other people like. Like maybe cishead people just wouldn't have the context for. So like the inside jokes aren't as inside, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. like we all have the same memes. It's fine. Yes. The oh, the memes, the memes in the work chats. <laughs> Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Trying to explain that to somebody. Yeah, just wouldn't wouldn't hit the same. But it's 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 very unique and it's very it's very open and accepting and it's just like it it feels it feels very affirming it feels affirming that's that's what it boils down to it feels very affirming yeah. and i feel like it, i feel like this was really good for me on my journey because i there was also a part of me that was like in when i was in california like i felt i started my i started my transition in 2020 Mm. Um, and it, so it was, it was very isolating. Mm. Like it was very, it was very isolating. And I knew maybe like I, I had followed other trans folks on social media and I had one other trans friend in real life that I would see occasionally. Um, but it just, it felt, it felt very isolating, mm. um, uh, like starting my transition. And it was, I was, it was great, but it was like, I didn't really have anyone to talk to it about, like, and, you know, share similar experiences. Um, and so now it's just like, 
I, I felt like I was making up for lost time because it's just like now there's just so many things and it's just like, oh my gosh, you experienced that too. And it's just like, we really all were just living the same life. Like that's mm-hmm. so, so fascinating. But it's, yeah, it's super affirming that now like I have, I also have this space to share and be affirmed. And yeah, it's really awesome. Yeah. One of the people in chat is saying, oof, yeah, I started my transition in 2020 as well. Um, so my HRT anniversary is actually next month, middle of next month, March 11th, and it'll be my two years on T. I've been out as non-binary since like 2017, but right. my HRT anniversary is next month, less than less than a month from now. Um, and it, so during the pre-show, you mentioned that you're coming up on two years as well. So I was like, well, this is this year's this year's three for me. So I'm in, so I'm in. Oh, my, nice. I'm in my second year. So yeah. So I started nice. uh, October sixteenth, twenty twenty, and that was yeah. So and I told you, me and my puppy, me and my my little uh, little mini dachshund Nova have the the same birthday. So yeah, you are, you are a newfound uh, Pisces. Then you are. Yeah. Uh, Born a born again Pisces. I think I'm a. Uh, I think I'm a born again Scorpio. The born again. I love that. I'm a quadruple Leo also. Whoa, whoa. I know. I know people. That's my special skill. Uh, so I like. I like meet people and befriend them, and it's fun and great. <laughs> I you got you got to be a Leo to to host a show. <laughs> yeah, it helps. I I I'm often the the main extrovert in my friend group and i just i I get a bunch of introverts together but then they all like each other so they're like okay i guess this is okay (laughs) you've got a good character that's a good good character (laughs) it's my service to the community (laughs) Um, is there anything else you wanted to add about your coming out experience you kind of talked about it but i don't know if you want to add anything it came in stages yeah it really did. It really came in stages. And I, I, oh, it's all, it was, it was very much that stereotypical, um, like the, when the parents are like, it's just a phase. Um, little did they know that it was not just a phase, it was multiple phases. So they were almost, they were almost on to something. So I, you know, going back when I think about it, I'm like, I went through, my different phases of coming out to like get get to home and it was almost like I I I I feel like that's a that's a terrible analogy but I'm like I went through several bases to get to home plate which is here but it was like I was like a masculine lesbian and then like then I was like non-binary and then I was like trans mask non-binary I want to transition and I was like that feels right but it was like I I went through multiple phases to to find home, and that's phases I, as well. And I feel like and I feel like that's why like gender feels so fluid to me because I feel mm. like I'm I'm in a comfortable phase now, but I feel like it's 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 ebbing and flowing. Like I I love to put on a wig. Like I will yes. I will serve it. I'll do it. But there's yeah like there's different there's different parts of me like it's it's so it's it's expressive like gender is an an expression and it's like for me coming out was just like being comfortable with that like and breaking away from the gender binary um gosh that's i love i love that you described the phases because i feel like um 
when I when I was first coming out, one of the things that happened after I started testosterone would be more specific. After I started injectable testosterone, um, my my sexuality changed. And I had a lot of feelings about it. So I'd been a lesbian for a really long time. And now I'm more sort of pansexual, gay man flavored. Uh, married to a trans woman was fantastic. Um, and polyamorous because I was still gay. <laughs> like, what do we do about it? Um, and like, I hadn't heard people talking about this, about how your sexuality can change, like starting HRT. And so, I don't know, I, I now have brought it up in multiple episodes of Genderful because I feel like it's important to just, you know, I don't think everyone's going to listen to every single episode. Some people will. Thank you for listening to all of them, superstars. But, um, you know, for those who just catch one or two or the, the person that their friend was on and that's the one episode they ever listened to, um, you know, it's... It just feels important to mention, like, your sexuality can go through phases, too, just like your gender identity does. And it doesn't mean that, like, I wasn't a lesbian back then. Like, I was. That was where my brain was at. And now I literally have meddled with my brain chemistry because of HRT. And so it's like, now my brain chemistry is different. <laughs> Honestly, thank you for mentioning that, because that is that is absolutely true. Like... I'm like, I'm like recalling back like my younger years. I was like, okay, like high school me, like had boyfriends and like in the like freshman, sophomore year, like was still having boyfriends. And then like junior, senior year, like I was like, oh, okay, I'm having girlfriends. And then it was like, there was this weird phase in college where I was like, we're by, we're by, we're in the middle. And mm -hmm. then it was just like, yeah, once I like, once I started my injections, I was like, Oh, I just love everybody. Like, this is just, it's, it's an everybody thing. Cause I'm just like, I feel like I'm coming into myself and I feel like I can see my, now that I see myself more clearly, I see others more clearly. And I'm just a love. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Love. Holly, like all of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That is, I really appreciate that. Well, and let me throw in another complicating factor. There's also possibly there might be differences between who we are romantically attracted to and who we are sexually attracted to. Like, like, like one may be more broad reaching than another. Like there might be like pan romantic, but like homosexual, right? Like loving everyone, but only want to have a sex with a certain subgroup of everyone that is romantically attractive. And so it's like figuring that out and being really clear with partners. Like, hey, I'm interested in a romantic connection or I'm interested in a romantic and a sexual connection or only a sexual connection and like figuring out those pieces. And so like just knowing that these pieces are all pieces um, is so important for like just communication and like setting um, like hopes for our connections so that everyone's kind of on the same page so then we don't have resentment and weird feelings about it later. So anyway, um yeah, Transc Energy saying, I am bisexual, aromantic, and I love that about me. There you go. You have brought up a wonderful topic for me to take to therapy. Yeah. I can't <laughs> wait to take this to my therapist. <laughs> Breakthrough. <laughs> Breakthroughs I love. Yeah. Well, and I mean, sometimes it can be intimidating to have those conversations, especially if you're like already in the middle of relationships with people. Like, it's like, oh no. But like, I don't know. It's also really freeing. And for me, the the important piece is I try to pick people to uh, date or be involved with romantically or sexually who are good at communicating. 
Like if, if we're both good at communicating and we genuinely care about the other person, everything else is going to get figured out, even if it's hard or feels weird or it's uncomfortable. Like, of course it is. It's like a growing awakening. Like those, like hatching is hard. It's, you're literally breaking out of your paradigm to a new paradigm. And so that is challenging, but it can be done with love and trust and like, you know, just the, the belief that the best outcome is going to be on the other side of those conversations. You're going to have to have me back for another episode. Cause then we could just do a whole episode on relationships and communication. <laughs> have me back for that. You know, honestly, I think I need to start organizing like panel conversations with past guests. It's like we've interviewed everyone one-on-one -on -one, and it's just like find a pile. Maybe we should do that for like pride stuff. I need Ooh. to write that idea down right now. Absolutely. Pride panels, past guests. Okay. Write it down. Yeah. Put a pin in that. Absolutely. <laughs> Set a reminder. Uh, let's see. One day, two hours. There we go. All right. Now I'll get back to it tomorrow when I'm on stream. Um, like Jeopardy, having a tournament of champions episode. <laughs> totally, Ness. I love That would be fun. I love it so much. Okay. I don't, where are we? Um, here's another great question that's, I don't know how related it is, but it's the next question. What does Black trans liberation look like to you, Angel? Oh, I, I love this question. I love all the questions. I love any questions. We're having fun. Um, so but great, yeah. We talk about this question a lot, um, and everybody, everybody in the org always has a very beautiful answer. Um, and my my answer really um, is just like it's it's a world that I, where I envision that we we don't have to look at a new year and think how many days can we go before um, we lose a black trans woman. Mm. Uh, how how can we as a society um have black trans folks um i i want to see i want to see black trans folks grow old um yes. i i want to see us um in more leadership roles mm -hmm. i want to see us um you know owning land mm -hmm. you know yeah. businesses um really just living our lives like unapologetically unbothered um, that's, that's what black trans liberation looks like for me. And just, I, I want my people to be happy. That's what Absolutely. I want. Happy, safe, got all the things they need. Like that's, that's what that looks like for me. Yeah. As an autistic, trans, ADHD, disabled person, I never thought I would own land. Not once, not ever. And, um, I turns out I was friends with someone who is like this great queer realtor who whose like purpose, like mission at work is to help queer families get their first home. Like, like, so this it's my friend is like an anti-realtor, right? It's not about getting the biggest sale, making the biggest cut of money, like all that more greedy, like monetary stuff. It's about like, how can we scrap and fight to get like polyamorous queer families? Like, like let's get a household of seven queers who are not romantically engaged, but like want to buy a place together, like co-op housing, like let's figure it out. And so like, yeah, my, I can, I can send you more info offline, but like, yeah, my, my realtor friend is super cool and like has a, a teammate 
that they work together and um and we bought our first house last april it was like world changing for me it's it's such a relief because like my rent's not going to go up my mortgage payment is going to be the same for 30 years and so as inflation rises and people get you know raises on their income and whatever that number is going to stay the same so yeah it's a little steep right now but in 10 years everyone else is going to be paying more rent for less property than me and i'm going to be in the same spot with i'll be in a better financial position and you know it's when you're when you're paying off a mortgage there comes a day when you've done it and you're done it's that it's that gratification moment yeah i yeah but please please send that person's information my way because that is that is the dream i i almost got out of apartment living i almost did i just re-signed my lease but that is that has been my dream to uh honestly just and for me right now it's it's space so yeah. myself and my partner and my two dogs like mm -hmm. in, you know it's it's a it's a cute place don't get me wrong but it's it's the the space like i, I need to expand i need room to breathe um and it's just like what we're paying here um is just it's not it's not adding up and now we just we just resigned because there was there was to move out right now the the cost to move out was even just too much so yeah. just to resign is just the easiest thing and then we'll just deal with that increase but it's yeah i i love the idea of of owning land and having the large polyamorous families living on land that is a yeah. that is yeah it's amazing and you know how cool would it be to have more like queer people in the countryside <laughs> it would make me feel better about going to the countryside <laughs> like what's out in the country uh, a bunch of queer uh, folks living their lives happy you know instead of instead yeah. of there now <laughs> yeah yeah so i'm super excited about just generally, especially Black trans and Indigenous trans people, or Indigenous two-spirit people, whichever identity they prefer, um, owning land, right? It's so it's so important. And I don't know, for me, when it was first happening, I, I really debated about if I was going to share about it on social media, because I had all this like survivor's guilt, right? Of like, you know, I, I'm one of the lucky ones, like I'm white. And I married a software engineer who's also trans, but like, it's weird to be middle class now. I used to be working class before I met my wife. And that I like, I was not gold digging. Like she found me and I was like, oh, <laughs> hi, I'm just doing my thing over here. Um, but like, I don't know. I mean, and I think I talked about this when I was a genderful guest, but part of the reason that I work so hard at this job is because I also want that liberation for trans people, BIPOC people, disabled people, neurodivergent people, like, I just want all of our needs to be getting met, like, consistently, without, is it going to happen or not? Like, no, just, can we just consistently have people's needs getting met? That's my dream. I want that. <laughs> Please. That's all we're asking for. Yeah. If they, thought was, if they thought it was something different. Yeah. We're not asking for power over. We're just asking for, like, equal treatment and, like, well, equitable treatment, I'll put it that way, because it has not been equitable for so long that equal does not equal equity. No, absolutely not. Right. Yeah. So, um, okay. I think I have maybe two more questions for you. 
And your this this question you just answered, it's so fun because our guest last week had a clutter query that was kind of along these lines. And people have started answering it on the YouTube post. We'll post it on socials and they get almost no traction, but we just just this week, I think we finally figured out how to post it on YouTube and we got two answers. And I'm like, oh, this is so cool. And now we're like actually getting answers. So if you're listening to this later and you want to see the clutter queries, like check out the YouTube channel. If you're if you're on the podcast version, you can go to the, the YouTube channel version. Um it's on Gender Meowster channel, but it is the genderful playlist on Gender Meowster channel. Um, and oh, it's so fun to have these conversations with folks. So it's one way that the audience and us can keep interacting after the live recording. Um, so Angel, is there is there anything else that we missed about Lavender Rights Project that you'd like to make sure that you say? Yes. Uh, this isn't this isn't a a, um, a plug. For people to donate i truly love sharing about this work if folks feel inclined to donate we love that just as much um but we are truly doing some great work we've got some great things coming up this year um we are steps closer um to actually getting our house so that way we can actually house um black tra black trans women and femmes um prioritizing housing them um, we are doing some some really great legal work, um, and we've we've got all kinds of things coming up. We're working on a minimum basic income structure, um, just really really great things that we've got coming up. So please follow us on social media at Lavender Rights Project on Instagram, uh, and then I believe it's just Lavender Rights Project on Facebook. Um, that's how we'll be communicating. If you go on to any of those pages, I'm quite sure you'll see videos and pictures of, of me and our staff um, and just what we're up to. So please stay up to date with us. Um, we're, we're doing some really great work um, and we, we appreciate all the support um, and just being, I appreciate just being able to talk about our work um, here with you all. So um, I, I truly, I feel lucky to be a part of this organization um, and how wonderful this organization is. So that's it's really, it's a really wonderful org. And um, y'all, you can get cool emails that the angels, do you write the emails? I do. I write them personally. So it, it is, it is personal communication from me. A lot of the, uh, a lot of the ideas for the posts and stuff, those are, I'm also part of the social media team. So a lot of the, a lot of the stuff you're saying is, is directly me. So, and that's, that's part of how we met is I got emails from you and I was like, who is this person? I keep getting these emails from like, it's my it's my direct it's really email. cool <laughs> Hang on, it's my direct email but we've got we've got a great team behind it uh amy hart helps out uh she's a, she's a lot of the the power behind the creation of the posts uh my development director randy ford um she is my uh my right brain cell like i said so yeah. we're we're a, we're a great team yeah um, so to them. i love all of that so i just dropped the links in the chat for those here with us live they will also all be in the resources section of the um, published posts. So you can find them in the show notes if you're listening to this later. Um, so, okay, I like to ask every guest this because it's a nice couple, two questions to end on. Can you share an experience with gender euphoria? Yes. Um, I think, hmm, I have, a, I have a couple, but I think uh, one of my first ones that I had was probably I... Um, it was right, it was right before I moved up here. Um, and I, I had just had, um, top surgery 
and I went to the I I went to Las Vegas and I went to I went to a pool party and I I went to I was at the pool for the first time shirtless and I just felt like wow like I'm really doing that like and it was just like it was just such a it was such a moment like it, it was one of those gratification moments again because it was like something that I had always thought about and I was like oh I can't wait to go to the pool one day you know and just you know just be out like this and then it was finally that moment and so i i think um i mean at grand prize me like just thinking about like all of the all of the moments that like i envisioned growing up and then just like watching adult me get these things like that mm-hmm. is that's 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 really cool to like think about it like that and i i feel like yes i have i i i practice uh gratitude for the things that i have but i feel like a lot of the times I, I appreciate moments like this because then I, I actually I get to sit and acknowledge that like I I am accomplishing goals that I set out for myself. Um yeah. so I think that that was a real moment of euphoria um that I had for myself. That's so that's so wonderful. Chad is saying, I love this for you, Angel, and totally get that topless joy feeling. Ah mm-hmm. and oh that's giving me tingles. Just yeah. like oh. Cat is enthusiastic. In the, in the in the summer, honestly, I'm 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 a bit of a menace because the the shirts, the button down shirts, are very they're very they're very low, very low buttoned. The, the um, buttons just yeah, the, like, the, like each month a new one gets undone. Yeah, see, right now it's January, so this is yeah, this so is a conservative button. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> get get closer. Beautiful summers here in the state of Washington, very beautiful, mm-hmm. and so yeah, the buttons they just never met him never met him <laughs> i don't know how to button a shirt i don't I, <laughs> it's so wonderful i love that so much All right um my last question is what would you like to make sure folks know about your perspective on uh, gender and non-binary trans and gender diverse issues hmm. i feel like there's several ways that i want to approach this one because this is um there's a, there's a lot there's a lot in this one. Um, yeah. Oh, there's so much I want to say. The first thing that's coming to mind is like mm, it, it, issues is a, is an interesting choice of word because um, we don't have issues. It's the it's the people that don't understand that have issues. Um, but I feel like my my perspective on these things is um, I feel like the way that I've I've portrayed myself um, and just really just really been myself um throughout this entire interview has has been a very a very happy go lucky person um and so i feel like my my perspective on the issues is um there for me as a person it is it is a lot to process the negativity mm-hmm. and i i think in the, the things that i do one of the reasons why i made the comedy show is because i, I wanted to focus on joy um, I, I have a very hard time um, when I when I hear about negative things. I have a very hard time sitting in that and staying in a negative place. So when I when I hear about these these medical bans um, and these the, this legislation um, that is a, an attack on trans bodies everywhere, um, I I have a really hard time being angry for long not to say that i that i don't get angry but being angry for long 
because I, I like to turn that I, I, I like to turn things into a positive. So when I when I when I hear about these things, um, maybe it's a defense mechanism that's built into me already. But my my perspective is we we truly aren't going anywhere. They can they can do all these things. They can say all these things, but it's literally we're not going anywhere. Um, I there was a I think there was an article that came out last year um, that I really loved. Um, and it, I don't remember what year it said or what exactly it said, but it was something along the lines of like, in a few years, there's going to be more um, like LGBTQ people than straight people mm-hmm. in, in just like a certain amount of years. And I was like, that sounds like a dream. That sounds like a dream. So that really, that really just affirmed like my level of positivity and my perspective. That's just like, you know, these things that they're trying, like they're, they're not going to last forever. These things that they're, they're trying to do uh, are, are temporary. They're causing real harm right now as we speak, but they, they will not last because we are not going anywhere. So I try and keep my mindset positive and it also helps that the work that I'm doing is is fighting for those things so I feel mm-hmm. like I have an, an interesting perspective in that sense because I'm like I I can see the real results of our work um and how it's it's helping folks so I I get to my perspective gets to be affirmed in that sense yeah it's so thank you for sharing that mm-hmm. I I love that that we both get to take joy in our jobs working for trans liberation. I love so, it. It's so good. Like I just wake up and I feel like I'm doing something that's like making a difference in the world. It's great. I can't. I, I and it's 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 bizarre to me to ever think about like going back to any other position that's like not remotely close to this. Like I, mm-hmm. you, I think about one of the one of the jobs that I used to have. I used to work at Whole Foods, and I'm like, I really loved that job, but I'm like, I. I don't know if like I could if I could get behind any other mission besides trans liberation. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It's so interesting. So uh, I I am Lavender Rights Project. I'm gonna be here for a long time. I love I love that so much, Angel. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, folks, as a reminder, um, Angel uses they them pronouns and is the development associate at Lavender Rights Project. They love the rain, watching movies, and cooking. You can find out more at lavenderrightsproject.org, lavender with an E-R at the end. And um, yeah, there's there's all sorts of socials and things y'all can hop on. Lavender Rights Project is on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and maybe has a YouTube channel. We maybe. do. You can check out uh, all, of our, all of our videos that are on our Instagram are also uh, on our YouTube. Awesome. Um, so we have our, our clouder query for the week, um, in a, in a change up of events, would you like to ask the clouder query angel since they're your questions? I, can ask, I you can ask both. I sure would love to. Okay. Uh, just, just to put on folks' minds, uh, you know, during this beautiful black history month, you know, what are you doing to support black trans liberation in your everyday life? And what are some ways you are showing up to support black trans women and femmes? I love those questions. Um, so folks, I will tell you about next week. Um, we have Aquarius Funk is going to be joining us next week, which is super wonderful. 
and we're going to be discussing performance art and creative expression. Aquarius is a um, Black non-binary performer and a friend of mine, and I can't wait for you all to meet Aquarius. Um, for community updates, I just want to put a reminder out to you all that um, next week is going to be our first Clatter Takeover. So I'll be hosting Jennerful next week, but then the rest of the streams for February 28th and the first few days in March are actually going to be my friends in Jenner Meowster's Clatter from the Discord server, just the community. Like, yeah, I'm Jenner Meowster, but like the brand has like, I don't know. 17, 18, 19 contributors at this point. It's incredible. Um, and so my friends are going to be streaming to the channel so I can get caught up on admin tasks. This is going to be a new, uh, once a month, there's going to be one week that I take off and it's keyed off of the fourth Monday. Um, so eventually we won't have a podcast on the fourth Monday, which also gives the editors and the content people uh, a down week to either catch up on other projects or have some downtime. So anyways, so the the new Flatter Takeover is going to be happening. Um, and it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. I mean, I I'm like, oh no, I'm gonna miss things. Um, yes, and the other thing that I will that I will mention is um, this Thursday stream. My mom is gonna be on the show with me, um, and we're doing a tarot reading. So I think the first two hours I'm gonna do something. I don't know if it's gonna be memes or something else, but I'll do something for two hours, and then mom will join us after the break. We might take the break a little bit later on Thursday, so we can have time for that transition, but. Uh, yeah, we love mom. Yeah, we do. Yeah, Butch Dweek. So we're going to be doing a tarot reading for uh, the month of March. <laughs> I'm so excited to share that with you all. So yeah, exactly. So yes, do come back for that on Thursday. Um, if you're hearing this later, it uh, doesn't apply to you because it was yesterday. You can watch the VOD though and see the, the monthly reading. So yeah. Um, Angel, thanks for being on the show. This has been a delight. Thank you so much for having me. I, I truly couldn't have imagined a better Monday. Um, I had so much fun chatting with you. And yeah, I love talking about Lavender Rides Project. Um, and I love, yeah, I love talking to you. So this was a, it was a pleasure. Jennifer would like to thank our guests for being on this podcast. If you'd like to catch us live, join us on Mondays at twitch.tv forward slash gendermaster. Show notes will appear in the edited version of the show on Fridays on both YouTube and podcasting platforms. If you have a question you would like the host to answer or are gender diverse and would like to request an interview, please send an email to genderfulpodcast at gmail.com or sign up via the website at genderfulpodcast.com. As a gender diverse community, The Clatter wants to assure our listeners that we are prepared to moderate our spaces. You will get positive and negative feedback on these shows and topics. And we have a moderation team on our channels, socials, and Discord server ready to deal with this. Please join our Discord server at discord.gg forward slash meowster to meet the community and get a regular digest of solidarity resources. You can also support us with subscriptions on Patreon, following and reviewing us on your favorite podcasting platform are engaging with our posts and content on social media at genderfulpod and at gendermeowster. You can take a few moments to also rate the show. We will post any five-star reviews on our socials, so get creative. Mention a special interest of your own, a project you're working on, or even say hi to your comfort person in your review. What power? This show is made possible by volunteers, tips, and subscriptions. Shout out to the folks helping us coordinate guests, 
edit the podcast, moderate the live chat, and post on our socials. Artist credit for Jennifer. Jennifer's theme song is called Hope by Free Range Megs, a.k.a. Soma. The Gender Meowster logo was designed by That's Barnaby and edited with consent by Transcription. Jennifer's pre-show is wrangled by Juice Tex. Jennifer is edited and mixed by Trans Griffin and Alexis Vandom. Jennifer's social media is managed by Queer to Help. Jennifer is hosted by Atlas O Phoenix and Gender Meowster. Jennifer is the intellectual property of Gender Meowster. All rights reserved. Trans, Trans rights, rights are human, human rights. rights. That's right. right.